Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the Zurich Classic, the LA Open, and the Grand Canaria Open. I'm your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Kevin. Hey, everybody. And Craig. Hey, brothers. How are we doing this week? Hey, brothers. It's been a, it's been a little while since we did a podcast. Yeah, I guess it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. Got to get our legs under us a little bit. Craig, why don't you give us a quick recap of what we saw in New Orleans this week? Yeah, so uh, you know it is Anzac Day. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too deep into what exactly happened, but we had a great battle, I would say, between two teams down the stretch. You know, the best ball gives you the excitement on Saturday. The alternating shot it really gets tense. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, we had the the South Africans, Usti uh, and, and Schwartzel. We had the Australians, Leishman and, and Cam Smith. I think to me the absolute pinnacle of it was number seventeen. Australia, they're tied. Australia goes left into the water. Mark Leishman dunks it, drain, drains the chip. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, both both kind of stumbled, it felt like, on, on 18, made pars. And then uh, Usti, like the smooth swing in Louis Oosthuizen, puts it right into the drink on, on the first oh. playoff hole. Ozzy's, Ozzy's cl- cleaned it up pretty easily. Uh, but I got, I got a couple numbers here for you. So we don't get official world golf rankings points right. for this this week right but going into this week cameron smith was 25th he was 24th once and this is mark leishman was 12th once right. leishman said if this was a 72 hole stroke event cam smith probably would have won it and he was just hanging on so do you think that cam smith is going to be above 12th in the world that's Ooh. the question that's an interesting question. So is he going to be at some Mark point? Leishman's? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You he's think he'll be a big Leishman's tournament, yeah. enough big tournaments in a row that he's going to get up there? Yeah, I agree. I, do. I, th- I think his short game right. is is just too top notch for him to not win more. Yeah, totally. I mean, he, his short game is unbelievable. Um, I, I think it, him and him and Leishman were saying that the reason they they actually practice a lot together. They play a lot of practice rounds because they have similar games. They think that they kind of that approach golf course in similar um, ways. And so it helps to see how the other person is looking to break down a golf course. Um, and that's all through those practice rounds. That's how they became a team. That's how they ended up here together. Uh, they had both won actually in early 2020 and hadn't won mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. They won uh, Camp Smith was the Sony Open. And then two weeks later, Mark Leishman won the Farmers. Yeah, that was during that big Australian swing. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Aussies were yeah. on fire then. Yeah, Adam Scott uh, took the Genesis down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah, no. I, I mean, I've been predicting for some time that Cam Smith's going to be wearing a green jacket one day. So after that win, it's going to catapult him right up the rankings if he's not already there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Think- he make man. He just makes such big putts. I, I don't know what it is about him uh, that he just seems to be able to roll them in from across the green at a high clip. He's got confidence. He he doesn't seem very nervy either. He, the the no. moments don't really seem too big for him. I know he hit it in the water there, but he did he did say that that was the shot he was trying to hit. It was a close, of... close to being a perfect shot. Yeah. It, it, is yeah. my microphone on? Are you guys hearing me at all? I feel like I'm saying the same things, but you guys are just talking to each other, saying <laughs> Archie. Like, he's he's confident. Being yeah, the younger you know brother, he, he's not very. He's not really nervy here. Come on, what, what's going on? It's like here? when we're kids. You'll you'll tell us something and be like, then we'll, we'll turn around and be like, hey, I got a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the future is super bright for Cam Smith. Uh, I think his confidence, the mullet is growing to his, into his confidence. Um, and yeah, that, that chip was on 16 for them to get the birdie 17, both bogeyed, uh, the par five or the par three. And mm-hmm. then the part is kind of like a limping into the playoffs. I felt that way. Did you guys yeah, kind of have the I same thoughts? Too. Yeah, well, it, there was missed putts like Schwartz missed a putt on both 17 and 18. Right. Um, that were makeable, I would say. And yeah, man, I I just come back every time I see Louis Oosthuizen putt. I just have more confidence in him than anyone else. I think, even though you know we're talking about how good of a putter Cam Smith is, there's something about how steady Louis Oosthuizen is that um, I, I would I would have faith in him in an alt shot with the putter in his hand. There's something about Oosthuizen that like how has he not won way more than he has during his career? Like just the the yeah, it's just so silky smooth. Everything he does from tee to green, it just seems so effortless and it looks so pure i mean yeah. he can add another second place to his impressive <laughs> second place resume 
Okay, so my, my, my question to you guys is uh, going into 17. So Leishman just chipped in. We got it all squared at that point. It did, it was, there were two strokes on the leader in the clubhouse already. So it's all tied on 17th. Who were you guys rooting for? We got the South Africans. We got the Aussies. Who deep down, you know, put bets aside, put DFS aside. Who were you rooting for down the stretch there? I'll go first. I was rooting for the Aussies pretty hard. And it was funny because I, I'm, I'm turning into a big Cam Smith fan for one. Yeah. And that's probably the main reason. Um, but then when Louie comes up on the screen, I was like, what? Like he's usually somebody I'm always pulling for. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was all of a sudden was conflicted. Like, why am I not cheering for Louie right now? Um, but no, it was, it was definitely the Aussies. How about you, Craig? Yeah, so honestly, I was cheering for the South Africans, but it was sort of in the way that, you know, you're cheering for both teams. Like when, when your, yeah, say your yeah. football team isn't playing and you really like both players on both teams um, in another game, you're like, I'm pretty happy with an outcome. I, I was pulling for the South Africans because yesterday on our last round pick them, you, <laughs> you, you picked the Australians first. And I was like, well, I'm going to pick the opposite. Like, I, I really yeah. wanted to see both these teams, uh, one of these two teams win. So I was very happy either way. But I was there, there's that little pull for the South Africans deep down. So and, I completely agree. Like, I, I would have been happy either way. Um, but I, I was South Africans as well. And there's a couple other things. The, the whole, like, Louis hasn't won on North American soil. Like, it just kind of irks me a little bit. Um, so I was cheering for that. And I feel like Smith... Uh, Leishman are 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 established pros that are going to be here like yeah, quite a bit longer. Two major winners from South Africa really. No, aren't man, like Schwartzel, <laughs> like come on, he's yeah, had he, a he lost his card and has had to battle back for sure. Yeah, I totally, that, I like, totally the, agree. the exemption would have like they don't get official world golf ranking points, but the exemption would have definitely meant more to I think Usi and Schwartzel for sure. Yeah, for sure. although although Leishman has really struggled. I mean, it, it seems yeah. like it was. You know, early 2020 that he won, so it, it seems ridiculous to say he struggled. But um, he he was in a pretty bad spot last summer. Yes. It's, it's funny in his in their post round uh, press conference, he was basically saying that I don't know if this is just him being humble, but he was basically saying like Cam Smith carried this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think based on the form Cam Smith had coming in, then I think there is some truth to that. But I also think Leishman was in a pretty good place coming in. He made a lot of shots this weekend, too. I also like that the two teams that it came down to are clearly good teams. You know, that it wasn't just... Cam Smith may have carried the team a little bit because he was playing better, but, like, those guys play well together. And I think that's kind of the brilliance of the format is in the, in the uh, four ball. Guys are... Like, teams are going to go low. Like, yes. for sh- obviously, yeah. for yeah. sure. But... It, what I think the uh, the alternate shot kind of separates the teams of who can actually play together and who can just yeah. go for it um, with a partner kind of thing. So um, it was nice to see, well, here, and not surprising, I guess, to you. see. Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose, they shot a 70 mm-hmm. today, two under. They shot a 70 yesterday in basketball. <laughs> yeah, wow. exactly. Another, another so, like, good there's team. teams, there are teams that can grind, and like, like they were saying after their their 68 on Friday that they would they would be much better off if it was all shot the whole way because they so, just yeah they were six under they they might be first just all shot. <laughs> uh, I can I'm I can look this. around a bit, but uh, they may be. Um, no, I completely agree, Kevin. And I think also the fact that there's those relationships, call them friendships if you want, but I mean, guys that have known each other and played with each other for a long time, I, I, like my Canadian personality on alt shot, like, I don't know how it would go, but like, I'd apologize for every missed shot, which would be like every shot. Um, <laughs> that, that's why someone... they don't pair the Canadians together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. But, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, but the I thing mean, people don't realize, you know, if you're, if you're not Canadian and you're listening to this, the thing you don't realize is a lot of the time we're not like actually like, it's not some formal apology. We're just, just like, oh, sorry. Like it's, it's just reflexive. Or yeah, I say true. sorry, like, I'm sorry for, like, that this happened to you. Ah, like, sorry, yeah. So, like, sorry that you were... Sorry, you I, I my beat foot. you, like, that sucks. Clearly you have a <laughs> yeah. walking well, problem. Sorry my foot got in the way of your foot <laughs> coming down on it there. Yeah. Now, now the one thing that I think they, they brought up on the broadcast that I, I think there's just so much truth to, this, to me, highlights how poor the, the Olympics um, is handling mm. their format. Because... 
I mean, why are we not doing some kind of team event, uh, whether it's match play format or not? It's just there's so much more drama and emotion involved with it. it, it it's bonkers to me that they, they are just doing a, what, 72-hole stroke play stroke event. Stroke play, yeah. That's it. And why couldn't you do it like, a, like you know, some sports have have a number of different um, medals, mm. you know, like you have an individual and also a team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Medal, like you, you know, look like, at... I know uh, it's becoming a cliche, but you look at curling. Um, we're Canadian. We bring up curling. Yes. Uh, they do the, the full four on four for both the men's and the women's, and they have the mixed doubles. So, like, you can have more than one format at a single Olympics. That'd yeah. be interesting because it'd be taxing on the course because you have women, men, women, men. So you have 16 straight days of golf if you had two formats each. Like, there'd be enough rest period, I think, if you alternated the women and men. Well- no, but you don't. First of all, you wouldn't necessarily have to have the women's and the men's events on the same course. And then, if you had like a team Brutal. event, like you could be doing a team event and be carrying like the individual. You know, if there's a, I don't know, you could probably have an individual f- format in there as well, where you you use individuals' mm-hmm. performance based on their play in the team event. That's you know. what they do in in college. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. Within. Right individual events yeah so. the, the other thing too i think you have to work out is countries are able to send different numbers like there's a lot of, i i, yeah, I agree i think true. i think it's a I think yeah it's and so idea, that's but... maybe where it needs to be like two person or three person or something like that but you or also like need to have the, the best players in the world I, but you know it's the same they can send four but it's the same with like you know i say you should have the best players in the world there but also i remember with like sprinting at one point the best three sprinters, I, I can't remember what Olympics this was, were all Americans, like the mm-hmm. top three in so the world. So getting winning the American and championship so, is Yeah, and only thing. two are going to get into the Olympics, and that's just the way it was, you know? So. Which is crazy because most countries have, like, you can qualify throughout the year, but they had that one race. They, they only yeah. had their mm-hmm. qualifying race, which is mind-boggling. I think it was, I forget who it was, like Michael Johnson way back in the day, Mist or something, or Maurice Green, like one of those guys back in the early 2000s but but adam with what you're saying where you know you have say this year likely the americans just in in individual men's play they'll likely have four qualify which is the max based on how many people they have within the top 60 i think in in how they're doing the olympic rankings but you could do it sort of like say beach volleyball where the best country so they do it by like how many teams do they have ranked in the top right and so they get two american beach volleyball teams and they're usually both very competitive yeah um but you could do something similar i think if you were to change the format up right so you could have multiple teams yeah for I the strongest that, countries exactly yeah that makes sense well i mean i think with that the news came out this week that adam scott is not participating right as part yeah. of the australian team so i heard that it's relevant and both, i think both leash and cam smith said any any opportunity they get to compete for their country they're going to do it love that i love that Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, I, I, it's hard because we've only had one. We got a, a year. It's been all kind of mixed up with the pandemic. I think this year is in question for sure. I, I don't know if I'll say that, but um, it, it's hard. It, it's hard to keep it fresh every four years. But I agree. I think a critical eye, a critical look at it would be. And, and it doesn't need to like. I think Olympics in the sorry golf in the Olympics makes sense. Um, it is an international yes. sport. I think the thing, you know, with people deciding not to go, I think I still disagree with it. I think it's it's a little bit closed-minded as to how things... Yes, we've only had one. You didn't grow up watching great golf moments in the Olympics. But 50 years from now, the Olympic medal might be the biggest thing in golf. You get one every four Absolutely. years, you get a chance. Getting onto the American team is going to be so hard to do. Like, talk about if you're an American player having a gold medal, if the format stays the same as it does now, having a gold medal is like potentially the best career yeah. hang on your wall you could have because you had to you make have, the team and then you had yeah. to go there and win it in that one tournament. Um, so. Uh, the Masters wasn't a major when it started. They tried to host the U.S. Open, and they right. weren't getting any legs, and so they started their own tournament, and it's now thought of as, like, the the ultimate of the majors, which I, you know, I still don't agree with, but that's, that's just oh, me. Oh, come on. Okay, that's another question altogether. Okay, let, let's move past the Olympics. That's a great discussion. I love that. I think we're going to talk about that more as the summer comes on, but... It just I, uh, Can I just we'll say see. one thing yeah, about that? Let's hear it. So both times they've had the Olympics, there's been, like, a... Like a some kind of virus Zika. or something that right. there's been concern with, right? Last time it was the Zika virus. A lot of guys elected not to go because of that. Um, this time, obviously, it's COVID, but just interesting. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, that that's a it's a cloud. Listen, the, I, I bring it. It, it kind of limits like who might go there, right? Like it it, it puts could, a bit of a cloud on the on the it competition. Could prevent it from being this like colossal like once in a lifetime opportunity like Craig's talking. If if the best guys aren't going to it, right? It, it makes it harder right out of the gates to get yeah. uh, you know a great event kind of momentum going. I, Although I, I do agree. feel like another major factor. So think about the Olympics in. Japan. Think about if the Olympics were held in the States or in the UK. Like Brazil was not a golf nation, a golfing nation. Um I think when you have it in a golfing nation, there's gonna be that much more hype around it because there's you know, it might be weird this year because the crowd's not gonna be there, but when you have it in a in a golfing country and you have crowds there, like it's gonna be intense. Did you when are uh when's Ireland hosting the Olympics? Or Scotland? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, is London due for another one? I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at who's coming up next, and I, like that was interesting to me because here in Canada, when we were going to host it, we put a ton of money into sports, and we have lasting kind of legacy programs because of that. But I think I'm pretty sure that um, Russia is going to get a Summer Olympics, and I don't know of any great Russian golfers right now. But I bet you by the time that their Olympics are coming up, they're going to put some money into some golf to try to get a couple of golfers that can compete. So, like, do you think they're going <laughs> to promote players, or do you think they're going to try to attract Create some <laughs> some expatriates? <laughs> a little Rocky Four creation, or like uh, Icarus? Uh, no, I think. It's just money that goes into it. Maybe more courses will be built, funding into the game. You know, whenever you host Olympics, you want to win those Olympics. You want to get the most medals. And you're going to try to cover your bases as much as possible. I think if Brooks doesn't qualify for the American team, he might go play for Russia. (laughs) (laughs) I like Uh, it. Okay, okay. So so just real quick, because it came up. Um, (laughs) Olympics is in Japan and then Paris, which would be pretty good. And then it is in LA. So think about think about yeah. your golf potential there. I think is it Riviera in LA? Riviera. I mean, yeah, there is that. There's other ones as well. <laughs> I know there's other golf courses. I, I thought that was already confirmed for some. What is that? Twenty twenty eight. LA twenty twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight. Morikawa in his hometown or what? Oh, <laughs> I like that. Full prediction right now. <laughs> Okay, so uh, back to the tournament this weekend. Okay, let's talk, yeah, moving on from Olympics, let's talk team events specifically, alternate shot events. Um, you know, we have 50 events this year on the PGA schedule, on the kind of the golf schedule for the men. Do you think there should be more team events or another PGA team event in, you know, either similar format, different format, with official world golf ranking points? Like, what do you guys think? Yes. How? So I, I was so. I was thinking about this recently, and it's a it's a half baked idea. So so don't don't give too much credence to its fully formed version yet. But, we won't. Um, <laughs> so imagine something like the WGCs in terms of you know for however many a series of events spaced out over the course of the year that are team events, and so you'd you'd play your individual PGA Tour events, but then you know once every couple months. Four guys, maybe. However many, you, however you decide to do it. Say there's, you know, six, seven, eight teams jumbling up uh, PGA Tour guys, or even smaller teams, and and you have like, you know, maybe forty of them, 160 person tournament, and then you have like every once in a while you just have team events, and then people, it, these teams start to get a little bit of an identity to themselves yeah. as well. Um, I just think it'd be pretty cool. I think team golf is exciting, you know. We don't see enough of it. We see it only with the absolute best golfers. So seeing players who aren't going to be in Ryder Cups, but are really good. Like people overachieve in different formats. We we get, especially from the US, because there's so much talent. We get just the people who are the best stroke play players. So who are people we don't get to see on those yeah. that really would do great? And we could see them every year in those type of tournaments. Yeah, yeah. 72, 72 hole stroke play it, it rewards a certain kind of golf, you know, mm-hmm. a certain kind of golfer. Um, and I think you're right. There's so many, there's so many talented guys out there that it would be, it would be cool to mix it up so that other strengths were kind of shown at times. Um, I don't know how you do it. I think you have to mix up the teams. Like you wouldn't want the Cam Smith Leishman 
team to be you know they can every team event they get to go together um i think you would want to mix it up somehow but yeah there's lots and and you know that was something i wanted to ask you guys is about is about the format like this one was four ball alternate shot format like you could mix it up there's other options you could do a scramble kind of format you could do a worst ball i think would be interesting um yeah you know I completely agree. So I, with what you guys said, stroke play seven two hole. Man, you're saying, you just want to see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's like what 98 percent of what we see is just regular stroke play seventy two hole events with a cut. It it gets stale throughout the year. I mean, moving around to different courses, great, all that. But when when we go to the tee box, we're on the first tee. We're like, okay, what do you guys want? You guys want to play a game? Like that's what I think. Also, the recreational golfer would identify with a little bit and craig said you get the team identity you can mix it up like you said so if there's three four events across the year there's problems with guys not wanting you know you're not going to get your tiger because he has his 16 events and he won't stray from that um tiger of old or tiger of recent um but there's so many that you could do this one you could do just an alternate shot you could do uh, some crazy scramble worst ball thing that kevin mentioned like there's so many options and i think it, it could lead to I mean, I don't know what the PGA Tour worries about, but like great viewing opportunities, great opportunities to get that card, to get that exemption, to get those official roles. Like there's different things that you could put on the line besides just money, I guess. Well, or you put money on the line and you, you make it so that it's a series that happens like, say, four weekends of the year. It's this team series event and it becomes it slowly could become one of the most exciting things in golf. Cause like you say you had less teams cut down over the course of the year and it, it's an aside, like it have, it doesn't happen it, it sequentially in, in, you know, one turn to the next, but like every month or every few months you go and play this event and then fewer teams are standing at the end and it, it would get really exciting. You, you see people, people like to cheer for teams more than individual players, I think. So, um, so- so what at the at the end of the year you get the top 125 get the FedEx Cup and get automatic cards right? Is that kind of yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. do like and a then, 126 and then 20, to, 125 to 150 have to like um, go they play have like, temp, like some status I think. Yeah, but it so gets shuffled that from with like, the incoming Corn Fairy guys I think yeah. or something. 126 is something as like a cool team event like okay you can match up with someone there you can get your gims and saws match up pick your teammate and earn like two cards like that would be awesome to watch to watch this team event where you know it's i mean kind of big breakish in a, in a sense but like you get your card at the end of the day like that would be really yeah. cool that's a good idea where you take the, the the you know 101 is all good and then you take the next like 48 or you know um yeah, I guess 48 guys and say there's 24 more spots. Put pair them up 12 top 12 teams. <laughs> you're yeah. through. You yeah. know, like why not? And let's face it, like the they they don't do a great job of of illustrating who like is on the bubble a lot of the time anyways. It doesn't even really come up until the very end of the year and then you're kind of pulling for some guys. There might not even be that much like yeah, shuffling in the last couple events. So those but guys. But the story are, is so poorly told. Yeah, it is. Yes. It really is. And yes. those guys that are in the 125 to you know 100 range aren't. It's not like they've set the world on fire with their year. You know, if they've had a, a high finish, you know, a top five finish, they're almost for sure going to be higher than that kind of thing. So they haven't had a fantastic year. Um, make them earn it a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? And this goes back to the Dell match play. I mean, add another match play style to it as well. Or like there's also team events, also match play, also like single round knockout. Like there's so many different ways you can be creative with golf. Um, And just like, instead of having these like peaks and valleys of like tournaments, like, oh, it's a weaker field this week. And then it's stroke play. It's a weaker field though. Or it's like, do something else. Do something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think I think we're all on the same page. The one thing before, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to linger. We haven't really talked about a, a couple other guys in the leaderboard. Um, Fire them off. Peter Uline went yep. from winning on the Corn Ferry Tour last week to uh, a solo three, third he? here with, yeah. with Rishi Wierenski. Um, Adam was talking about uh, the Stenson-Rose team having the alternate shot 
I think it would have been these guys. They were 69, oh. 67 on the alternate shot days. So they played wow. well. They play, I mean, they played the best of anyone on an alternate shot. Uh, and they just didn't quite get it done. They were, I mean, they were one stroke off the, off the, um, the playoffs. So they had a great weekend. Um, yeah, I, I, good, good FedEx Cup points for both those guys. They're both guys that uh, can, can be, yeah. be potentially losing cards. And, and so that's, that's good to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to move on from leaderboard. Anyone else you want to talk about before? Well, no, I mean, so just continuing on, Bradley <laughs> Bradley Steele snuck their way up there. Billy Horschel, Sam Burns. Um, you know, that was that was one we were talking about. Adam's most interesting, yeah, uh, most interesting team. team in the field coming in. So that, you know, we saw Billy Horschel slamming his wedge in um, uh, not too long ago. Uh, I think he would be a difficult guy to be playing alternate shot with. So that's oh, exactly good, good on Sam Burns. They were my fade this week. <laughs> they were your fade, sorry? They were my fade just because I thought he might be a tough teammate. <laughs> Especially for like a first, like a, a younger guy, like Sam Burns. Like yeah. what, what, how much do they have in common? It's like a... Sam Burns, I I mean, I don't know much, but he seems fairly laid back. Well, I don't know if you saw the interview after the first round, but they they asked who the the uh, most valuable team member was, and it was clearly Sam Burns, which for reasons I'll get into (laughs) later. But in the interview, it it was like. Sam Burns maybe got three words in, and Horschel they they kept asking Sam questions, and Horschel would just take him. Nice. I did see on the first day, I, I didn't get much. Golf TV was down. Not going to vent about that. But when I did see them, like Horschel like, gave him his line. Burns putted. He's like, yeah, that was wrong. My bad, my bad. And Burns is just like, <laughs> like shrugging his shoulders. Walking off. Like, man, that actually you? wouldn't be the worst if you have a super intense guy like Horschel. Just be like, yeah, man, I'll just putt it where you want. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll assume your read's pretty good. You're going you're gonna to be upset if I, if I have a different read. Yeah, so. it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mitchell Snedeker, another team I think that overachieved this week. Yeah, for sure. They, they were in the tie for fourth, uh, as well. Uh, defending champs, Rom Palmer, you know, didn't, didn't seem like they were really a, in it around. until late, late in the tournament. They never really got it going on the, on the ultimate shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and as Adam said, suck him. I think that was a good cut make from them. They ended up tied for 11th. Those are points. Those are points for them too. Okay, I think we can we can call it. I, I unless uh, I mean we don't want to talk Wolf Morikawa. That was it was you know I, I think we we've we've talked before. Wolf's golf game is not in a great place right now. Yeah, I think we might get to some of those guys a little bit later on. But let's talk mm-hmm. about the other I think big news of the week, which dropped I think before the tournament was this forty million dollar incentive that was sent out to players and then kind of wrote about uh, earlier in the in the week. But basically incentivizing the top. I mean. You guys correct me at any point here, but the top 10 players in the PGA in terms of their uh, visibility, trending, all this, and I mean, top eight? I thought it was top eight. Uh, Top eight? So you said to correct you, I'm pretty sure sure it's top eight. (laughs) I thought it was eight million to first. I don't know if... Anyways, a big, big lump of change to the top eight or so guys. Um, There's a lot of good things for and against it. Let's just kick it off. Are you for essentially essentially based on like their Q rating? So so no, this is so I got all the impact score is based on on these things. The FedEx Cup rank at the end of the season. Although I heard, I actually heard that since they've said that one's not actually part of it, they they cut that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So any actual golf is not involved now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Their Google search uh, popularity. Their Nielsen brand exposure, which is like Craig was saying earlier before we went on is just like how much TV time they're getting. So the guys who are already getting maybe a bloated amount of TV time are just getting more. So it's, it's like the brand exposure for their sponsors because they're always on TV. It's their Q rating, which is the familiarity, their familiarity and the appeal of their brand. Um, the MVP a- index. Appeal of their brand? Is that like a slight to Patrick Reed or like what? Well, I don't know. Does he have a brand? <laughs> yeah, he just signed with some, uh, I forget what they do, some clothing manufacturer out of the UK, I think. There's the MVP index, which is the value of engagement on like social and, and different mm-hmm. platforms. And then the meltwater mentions, which are like the generation of mentions across different like media platforms. 
Oh. So And then I, I think what was added later was that they need to do one like charity day or something for the PGA. Or corporate day. So like I think they essentially day. have to do commercials or whatever for the PGA. Like one day out of three sixty five. That's well, so it's, essentially, I, it's 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 saying that if you want this money, you have to be involved in in some commercials or something for us. Yeah, you don't you, do. you, you know we we get one day from you this year. You know you gave us a day <laughs> yeah. last year, Tiger, but you're gonna have to do it again if you want the eight mil. So this is like to me, this is the PGA Tour has always been one of these um, these organizations, and and golf has always been one of these sports where you don't sign contracts. So the most valuable guys don't get paid i mean they do with their endorsements but they don't get paid for their golf um based on their popularity in the you know in the sport so mm-hmm. they've been trying to figure out a way to compensate these guys for the value they bring to it and that's where like the fedex cup essentially came from is they're trying to dole out all this cash to the guys that are are you know the, the best and the most popular yeah yeah um and now i guess this is the next uh, like the next try at doing that so um, who wants to take the pro side that like this is the right thing to do i guess on that in that vein that the guys that are the most popular and bringing the most eyeballs and sponsorship dollars and all that are getting compensated for that that yeah. would and be they the big are pro. worth it and they they're worth, worth it, it. They, yeah. they they bring that value back x times however many x times that is they're not doing this because it's you know they're trying to give away money they're doing this because these guys are worth this and they want to get more engagement and they need to hold on to them. This kind of, yeah. from what I know, this kind of started from a premier golf. We don't want to lose any of these guys. Yeah. So I struggle with that a bit because, I mean, first off, last I had heard until this player impact program, the, the premier golf league was kind of floundering in terms of trying to recruit. But I mean, I, I uh, you know, I'm not plugged in. I don't know that that could be wrong. Um uh, the, the problem so i i don't love this I, I i think i do understand i what i what i hope is if the idea is for people to long term over the course of their careers to build their brand engage with social media all these things but to me if that's the idea the top eight guys already have PR teams, you know, like the top eight guys are already oversaturated in the media if if we're incentivizing like the 50th best Q scored social media guy to, to get into the top eight. Like maybe we expand this and, and we make it a, a little bit of a flatter curve to, to, uh, yeah. Yeah. To we could people. pretty much, we could pretty much sit here and name who it's going to be, you know, yeah, it's going to be tiger, Rory Brooks, JT, Bryson, Bryson, Bryson Dustin. Yeah. So there you go. There's your team. Yeah. So <laughs> the problem I have with it, these guys already have, they already get more essentially based on all these things because their sponsors pay them more money. So um, I, I just wish there's so many ways they could use this same $40 million a year to improve the product to attract more fans that these people themselves getting involved in social media or whatever it is they're trying to incentivize. I don't think that's the best tactic. I, I, I think the people that are already on TV, people are so sick of having them shoved down their shoved down your throat yeah. that... Um, this doesn't do anything to change that to me. Um, well, and, and the guys that are in this group, like, although, like I was saying, they don't, they're not paid a salary, so they're not necessarily compensated by the PGA tour. They're compensated in other ways, like, amply. and they yes. don't money to them is like, it's yeah, money's great, but they have tons of it already. What if they, I don't know how much it costs for them to, to do the every shot live. Like they do it, you know, um, the players championship I feel like for but, forty million dollars you could probably get it set up and run for a few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. like do something like that. You'd get way more people, like way more Especially people watching with, your sport. With the birth of legal sports betting and yeah, how yes, much people yeah. love golf and like would love more, you know, if you have every shot live for all your tournaments. Yes. The ability to do live betting and then get people more into it. Like it's just it's 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 so easy to me to see a better path than the one they took. I feel like it's They're just always... like to, to me, it's like how it's the, the, the wall street. How many yachts do you need to water ski behind? Like these guys are already mega rich. They, we don't, <laughs> I like, feel like I need like two or three yachts, but then personally. like, what do we want them to do? Do we want them to then set up a charity that then goes back to youth golf that then come, like bring someone up? Like that's just a cycle that we could kind of 
cut off and get it right to the source. Like the, the Justin Rose with the women's golf in the UK, like that's great. But we could also have these organizations funding that. So, so, so alternatively, I guess taking you know a bit of a, a contrarian position, say Max Homa, who, yes, he did have a win this year, so he's mm-hmm. having a good year. But um, if he didn't have a win and he had kind of a middling season, he is someone who would potentially borderline be here based on his, his media Influence. You know what? I, I was thinking and, about that. I think that, he would like, be totally deserving of it. Like, I, I think that does great things for the game, more so than the people who are already huge, established. You know, they're 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 brands unto themselves, for sure. And and as a big Max Homa fan, I was thinking about that. You know, when this came out. But realistically, if we're talking top eight, like I love Max, and I I consume a lot of what he puts out there, but. I don't think he's gonna take down. So that's Bryson where to me, like, these... so you take fifty and and you spread out yeah. forty millions, a lot of money. You can the the fiftieth social media Q rating Nielsen rating guy is going to appreciate the little chunk he gets, probably more than the guy who's at the top. Well, you mean Tiger? Tiger, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> he's the first billionaire athlete based on their actual play. Like, yeah. But here's the thing that kind of I wrestle with. We're, we're talking about like exposure to them. We want to like, how, however much we're seeing them out there, they're like, that's what they're getting boosted for. But I mean, so often and, and thinking of Tiger is like the media was so detrimental to so many things in his life or the paparazzi. I know the paparazzi is a reach from this, but that's where we get to. Like I, I'm looking at the top 10. The, They're going to be in like inviting the paparazzi. <laughs> but like people don't want all that exposure. Like I, I'm looking at the, the best players in the world here. Patrick Cantley, I never see really anything from. I don't, I think he's a closeted guy. So you're forcing them into this social media world. <laughs> what? Care, careful with your word usage there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is maybe not the best. He is a... He's a quiet guy. He's a he's a he quiet guy, a reserved guy. He doesn't put a lot. Although out his there. just just real quick on on Cantley, his Masters interview was awesome. Uh, before the Masters started, he he was more candid than I I, I haven't seen a lot of past Cantley brill- interviews. But he's he was a really good interview. He he he's yeah. actually very thoughtful when he can you can get him talking. Yeah, I completely agree. But it just seems to be like rewarding. I don't know. It, I just it something about it just doesn't really sit right with me. Um, with this whole kind of media like engagement, all this thing that this world that we're in right now, like sometimes it's good just to not have that. It's, it's like rewarding Agreed. like the corporate like advertising nature that the tour is going in. It's just rewarding that more the people who are engaged more in that yeah. and yeah. Yeah. And so, so, um, first off, we, I think we all agree that these people are worth it. Like these people, they bring a lot of money to the game um, and they are probably undercompensated for that. But um, I guess, so say a Patrick Cantlay, if this were to incentivize him to, instead of just focusing on golf and doing his thing and you know, his endorsements as much as he needs to, but he doesn't, you know, he, he does. Obviously, he does a lot of endorsements and he has a lot of yeah. sponsors. But if this were the type of thing that were to incentivize him to let people in a bit more, would that be worth it? And, and I mean, you could argue it is. I, I, I come down inside that I think the money could be better spent elsewhere. But Yeah, um, I think ultimately I do too. Yeah. I think that's how I will close my position as well. But I think I don't think we're going to end it here for the lifetime of this podcast. Yeah. Um, Once this money is rewarded, I'm sure we're going to touch on it again. Um, the one thing I wanted it, to ask... Is it just going forward, is it called the PIP? The player impact? I don't know, but or... like... So do you think these people are going to want me to like hire me to post awesome gifts on their, you know, on their Twitter <laughs> channels and stuff? Because that's going to be a thing now. I don't think any of us are on the short list for... Uh, I'm just gonna leave that right there. I'm not gonna touch that one. I don't know, man. I can I can nail a good Parks and Recreation gift. <laughs> <laughs> I got Ron Swanson. So okay. so speaking of which, just because <laughs> I know you guys love this one, um, there's the one where Ron Swanson's Tiger Woods, and I, I was rewatching Parks and Recreation. I got to that one. I was just cracking up before it started. My wife was like, "What are you laughing about?" I'm just like, "I know what's coming." <laughs> Ron's rain yeah. red. We know what's happening. Yeah. We know what's coming. Okay, Kevin. We got the first Tiger Woods update in a while. You're our, tech, our resident Tiger Woods fan. Whatever. What do you think? Yeah, whatever <laughs> we want to call it. 
Um, yeah, you grew I mean, up injecting Tiger Woods straight into your veins. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him looking. He's got the boot on, but otherwise, he seems happy and yeah. you know he's on his on his feet on crutches there. And um, I don't know. He's, Who he knows what's behind otherwise. this? Like, I kind of thought he was still. You, you never know until you see a picture like that you never know is, is he still in bed like is he in yeah he got i didn't know if, I, I, and... I thought both legs were hurt more than just from the initial reports i, I didn't think he'd be crutching i think i didn't think he'd be wavering on a single foot you you honestly you don't know about that or if he's one of those like comic sketch like guys in a bed with like other whole body <laughs> <laughs> like plastered just with, the like one a straw coming. <laughs> yeah <laughs> So you know, ultimately, I, I think it's a good sign, but uh, I don't. It, it, you know, I was reading some stuff, some comments, and the from the pictures I saw where they're posted, and the people are like, "That doesn't look like a guy who's never going to play again," and stuff. And I mean, it's way too early to make those kind of clothes. You have no idea the condition of that, like that lower leg there, and yeah, um, yeah. you know, we'll see. But yeah, I think it's positive news. It has to be. Yeah, just nice to see. As as a a recent, um, you know, dog owner, I I have to say that Tiger's love for his dogs is one of the most. I mean, love for his dogs and for his kids, I think, are the most redeeming personal qualities about Tiger. Um, yeah, man, to get to get a man's best friend into your social media post, yeah, <laughs> touches the spot there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, guys, three stars time. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Okay. Three stars for this week. Third star is Cameron Smith. I'm going oh, to Cameron Smith. Seems I know. Oh, Third I know. star is low. It's low. Is Mark Leishman ahead of him? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see a little bit here. But Cameron <laughs> Smith is number three. Um, as you guys kind of mentioned, you both mentioned that Mark Leishman kind of like teased that he carried him. And I think that's why he, yeah, he, he was great. He yeah, has Cam, won this Cam event Smith, before. Um, his form right now is scorching hot. Yeah. First day, Cameron Smith had one eagle and six birdies to himself to set them up for the rest of the tournament. And as kind of Craig said, he is on a run of seven consecutive top 30s, four, to, four of which are top 10s. So crazy good run of golf. Moving on. Second star, Brooke Henderson. Brooke. Down in LA, Brooke came back from four back in the final round to get her 10th LPGA win, which is still the most ever professional wins by a professional Canadian golfer. So she's, she's 20, 23. She's only <laughs> yeah. 23. Already done that. I was going to say, she's, she's, she's right. She's firmly putting her stamp on the Canadian record books. Yeah, I think she's just going to keep kind of Wayne Gretzky to whatever mark she ends up with is going to be the mark for a long time, I think, because she's good. Yeah, but but you know, uh, I don't know off top of my head when her last win was. I believe it, it was 2018. Yeah, so you know, she she does have a lot of wins and a Canadian? lot of high profile wins, um, but it's a little bit of getting off the Schneid one for her, I think. It was 2018 or 2019, but she went at least a year without a win, and 2019. she had been 2019. Yeah, but, so but she it's had been, been talking you know, it's been about how it's her confidence. Years. She was trying to get her confidence back. She's not in her usual routine, obviously uh, with COVID and everything. Her dad yeah. is her coach and hasn't been able to be there um, mm-hmm. at tournaments, which he usually always would be. I think both her parents are always at tournaments with her, um, so she's been having to do her, um, you know, teaching sessions and everything over video, um, and it hasn't. You know, she she's been. T- Talking about over the past couple months how it's been tough for her to kind of get um, in a rhythm and get her confidence going. And um, so it's a great win for her. It's it's huge. Yeah, and I think that's something is important as a lot of these pros have husbands or wives, or and we all do. We have we all have wives. But, I mean, when you think of the Matthew Wolfs, the Brooke Hendersons, these early 20s people, like, it, it's tough. Like, they need their support teams around them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whoever that is. Can I just say real quick, uh, Brooke Henderson's dad, I, I was trying to find a name here. Um, like he did something right because uh, her sister as well is an awesome golfer. She's, uh, on, Brittany, she's the caddy for Brooke. Yeah, Brittany Henderson. Yeah. Um, she was she was a top golfer. She, I mean, I, I don't think, she, I don't know if she played. She was definitely a top uh, amateur golfer. I don't know whether she had much success at the pro level, but she's she's her caddy now. And um, yeah, if, he, if he's her, if he's their coach, <laughs> uh, he definitely was doing something right along the way. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, guys, number but one star. But second star, but only second star. For second star, I know. Uh, what are country we building women? up to here? What are we building up to? First star, I'm going Garrick Hagel for this one. Dominated the Grand Canary Open on the European Tour. Uh, his second win was, I think this is his 24th start on the European Tour. He has two wins already. He won with a score of 25 under, went 65, 64, 63, 63. Like, absolutely wow. torched it. it. It was a resort course. It was a little bit shorter, but still. He absolutely torched it. From what I've seen, I don't think it's been officially updated, but it could move him as high as 65 in the official world golf ranking. Clipping at the heels of Kevin's boy, Bobby Mack, as the world's top lefty. That might be a short top lefty stint here, but Garrick Hagel moves into that big spot. I think, I mean, we've got the PGA coming up. He, he, he just bought himself a lot of invites, I think. Come on, Bobby Mack's up at 40, well, 46. <laughs> um, I think one of, the, one of the better tweets I saw today was uh, Jeff uh, at the Fantasy Grind was like, sub in Higo for Charles in the playoff. I was like, yeah, that's probably what South Africa would want to do right now. Yeah, but then like, oops, actually Usti. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the wrong. Well, you know, you sub in Higo, and then Higo's taking the tee shot, and then you got Usti hitting the approach. I guess no. You still hit, have Usti hitting the tee Usti. shot because then you could have him putting for Eagle. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so yeah, totally agree on Higo. Guys, yeah, stud. Mark Leishman. He, he he didn't make it, but it was a great team win. I think Leishman. I think was being humble. He did a lot to get there. You got to be a kind of steady rock for your. I think the nice, no cool what. one mil also. Like I, I think yeah. he'll get over his not making the three stars list. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. I I don't want to get any hate mail over here, but you never know. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our DFS picks segment here. Looking at our pick sheet that we sent out on Wednesday night, Kevin nails the winner with the Aussies twelve to one. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, nail it. Nailed it. I felt good about it. You know, I, I didn't go with him in my one and done because I thought I'm just going to let, after watching Rom at the Masters, I'm like, I'm just going to let him carry whoever he's with mm. and take them and whatever they make. So I yep. went with Ryan Palmer. But yeah, Cam and, and Leishman seemed like the best team. So I went with them. I like it. You got the win. You got the win. Got the win. Craig went with Ron Palmer. That was the seventh. I went with Xander Patrick, uh, T11th. But then going back to our sleepers, Kevin. So, 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 so just real quick, I'm going to jump oh. ahead here because I, I feel like I, you know, Ron Palmer was my pick, but I kind of hate that Ron Palmer was my pick because um, I said your to Adam after. So, so essentially the way we decided to do the one and done was you got you had to use your one and done for one of the players. And I'd already used Rom a long time back. So I was like, oh, man, to have another shot at Rom, like that's pretty <laughs> juicy. Uh, and so but I, I, as soon as they came in, Adam had already used both Rom and Palmer. So he wasn't able to use them. And I was like, Adam didn't end up using Cam Smith and Leishman. But I was like, as soon as I saw his pick, I was like, man, like I thought for sure you were going to go with them. Um, yeah. It uh, yeah, it would have been a nice, nice cheap of use of Leishman to get to get Cam Smith out of it too. I was even I I told you on the phone I think Wednesday night I was like I was even thinking Charles or I was, I was, yeah. um but yeah spoiler alert I went with Benny Ann Benny and Sung Jay <laughs> that one didn't work out so well <laughs> I was trying to tag along with you know Sung Jay uh, that was disappointing there's a lot of miscuts so speaking of our sleepers I went Thompson Gordon miscut only 33 teams made it through the weekend. Craig went Brown Kisner, uh, former champs miscut, and then Kevin. Kevin wins this category again. Gimsa, yeah. So Gim Gimsa, um, they were looking really good at different points in this tournament as well. They mm-hmm. they would get hot. I think it was on Friday they started. They, oh, started, they, like, they, they were like under an alternate shot. No, I think, or so I think they bogeyed and they, then had like five. Yeah, so they I think they, they got, got up to four under because they had five birdies. And then gave and I was them just all I back. was just licking my chops. I was like, "Here we go!" Mm-hmm. And then they, I think they bogeyed three of their next six holes or something, and um, you know, kind of f- fell back a little bit. But they, I did they shoot sixty five both best ball days or something? Sixty five, sixty three. Anyway, sixty five, sixty three. So yeah, they. Uh, I can't believe you guys missed that one, to be honest. But um, uh, we we were hyping them over on our DFS channel. You're, you're both Gim and Suff fans. <laughs> I mean, I I thought I was. They I were my all be... hype team because they're the team <laughs> that I always hype. <laughs> but I mean that that is kind of like another positive of this format. There's like those roller coasters of like these runs that they can go on with, especially like alternating days. Like uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in the water on alternate shot, that'll be hard to make up. 
Fade, <laughs> Craig and I went with Markov Wolf, miscut, easy one there. Do we want to touch? I don't think we're going to talk about Matthew Wolf uh, again. Yeah, I, that's, you know, the way we've been doing this is like the, with submitting our picks is whoever's in the lead in the one and done has to submit them first. Unfortunately, I'm in last place currently, so I submit my picks last. And the fade that I was going to go with was also Morikawa Wolf because of Matthew Wolf right now. Um, like could, I say, you could have still gone with them. Uh, I, yeah, it just I, I just repetitive. Just, I, I know yeah. what it means. So yeah. I went with Horschel Burns, thinking Horschel would be a challenging teammate. Um, they ended up playing pretty well. So, but yeah, you guys want to touch on Wolf at all, or he's just I, I don't know if there's place. much that needs to be said. He's he, his game's not. So I, I've been doing a little <laughs> bit of a, a dive into driving accuracy and uh, driving distance, and you know the relative value of them. Obviously, it's fairly well accepted that. Uh, proportionally being better than average on the PGA Tour in distance is more valuable than being better than average in accuracy. But uh, he is... So he he gained over a half stroke off the tee last year. He is hitting the same distance, and his accuracy has fallen off this year. And he is losing, I think... Potentially almost a half stroke. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's all relative, man. That's so. Like... So it's it's the I think in part the inadequacy of the fairways hit as accuracy because when you hit, when you hit it ob yeah and you're I was gonna say he's all tee, all over the course yeah, like yeah, it's not so, like he's yeah. just missing his fairways hit have only fallen slightly but how how far wide they're they're missing right now um, and it's not just his it's not just his driver it's like all he's missing with everything right now. He, he is but it's not that's the thing that has changed the most dramatically um it, it just in in the in the numbers uh obviously he's not doing once once something starts to go it starts to sort of everything looks worse um because instead of that putt being for birdie and you tap in the par it was for bogey and you're tapping your double um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's well, I, I think we all I think we all like Matt Wolf. Hopefully he he figures it out. He's what twenty two years old, so he's got lots of time ahead of him. And finds his old swing. Not trying to find something with a new swing. That's what I kind of hope with with Wolf. Anyways, one and done. You guys went with Ryan Palmer. Cleaned up one hundred fifty k. So our updated total is Craig in first with five point two million. I am in second with four point four million. And Kevin is in third, I think, with four point one million. But for some reason, our no. show notes changed to four point two. Yeah, well, I was looking at the spreadsheet and noticed that the last sec, the last entry wasn't included in the sum calculation there. So I corrected oh. that. I see what you're doing. Just trying to ride your three hundred thousand dollar lead for another week, but I'm on to you. Oh, that's yeah, that's on me. Uh, I thought formatting error. Talk that up as a formatting error. Okay, good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Uh, any anybody want to just jump into this one? Yeah. Kevin, so I mean, my 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 good bet this week was definitely I, I had a single one dollar showdown play on um, Saturday, and I was like, you know, wasn't able to watch in the morning. Check my phone. Oh, like my early guys did, are doing well. Yeah, okay, sweet. Like I might have a good sweat later on. And then um, I, I look at my phone at, at some point. I, you know, I was doing yard work. I look at my phone and, and Adam was the one right next to me. Like I was starting to get into the top 100 um, with guys still to play. And I, I saw Adam was like right around me. I'm like, oh, hey, cool. And then Adam and I are like ping-ponging back and forth next to each other. We have, we have different kinds guys kind of in the early slate. And then he ends up, what was it, like three points ahead maybe? And then yeah. all we had left were the same guys. So I'm like, oh, so like he's locked in <laughs> beating me now. And then it turns out to be beating me for second and third place. So yeah. that $1 entry turned into $50 difference between second and third. But uh, still, I'll take the third place cash. It's a good. It's definitely a good one. Uh, a bit of a, a street uh, breaker, cold street 150 breaker. 150 times return is, is pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> um i think i think that gpp is like 4500 people 4500 entries or so yeah um so yeah craig and i went two three in that showdown using our picks from our friday night show so yeah so actually, I, that's actually, actually you I, you didn't i yeah, used all I four of our picks and then two others um adam had some other subs in there I, I didn't use the Gooch Homa, but uh, it would have made. I think that might have made that. So Go- I was going to say Gooch Homa is the reason I didn't win. Uh, they they played well. They got the birdie streak on the back nine, but their bogey. You know, so Kev, um, essentially in in DFS showdowns, you get a bonus for bogey free rounds, and so on a best ball day, 
basically everyone's racking up this this bogey free round five point bonus adam yeah yeah so literally not even accounting for the bogey being a bogey instead of a par or something just the bonus would have been enough to take me fast adam Ooh, it's tough yeah it's rough well that's rough that kind of brings me to my only bet of the week i i've been kind of laying off oh yeah i've been laying off uh since the masters i just haven't felt the juices you know i'm you know i'm like go by my gut kind of guy yeah you got to stomp on the stomp on the accelerator sometimes you got to ease off sometimes yeah so team, i haven't really been uh, after yeah. the masters it's definitely a time to ease off it's like okay <laughs> yeah so i decided the one you know i thought i'd throw throw one unit down on my my guy max and uh taylor gooch to finish in the top 10 missed that one but um, oh Oh, they played pretty bad. well. Where they, they, they actually, yeah, they did work their way. They're sixteenth, the I think, or seventeenth. They had two bogeys coming in today. Yeah, they would have needed to um, make two strokes up. Yeah. They were my play for today. Which on easily, Sunday. actually, because they bogeyed eighteen, which is par they five. Um, that, that, yeah, that, that's a tough miss. I think someone it wasn't, hit in the it water. Yeah, wasn't as easy. Today. No, I, I think it was a fairway bunker. Bunker, bunker, and then oh, and then had to jump punch out. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. That's it for bets? Yep. Okay, stock up, stock down. Craig, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so uh, stock up for me, Henrik Stenson. You know, we have... Um, he hasn't been of gr- in great form for a little while now. Uh, obviously, in team yes, play, it's, it's tough sure. to know. It's tough to parse out how well someone's playing. But he, he had his best f- finish of the year recently at the Masters. Uh, he had a, a few really good days. Uh, Stenson and Rose were playing together. Uh, you know, we had mentioned that they did very well on the alternate shot days. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the the the... It's starting to tick upwards, I think, on Stenson. So I don't have a whole lot more than that. Than that, uh, I just think that uh, we're maybe seeing the first signs of life uh, that he he might have something left in the legs. Yeah, I, I just like to see Stenson on on the up. Uh, I'm glad someone yeah, brought him up because uh, it's it has been turning down for it seems like a while. Yeah. Um, and then stock down. Uh, this isn't actually really a stock down based on play. Uh, although I, I think Adam's got a good a good um, tidbit tidbit here but i have patrick cantley moving down and this is really just because we're we're talking about the player impact program i feel like he's someone who uh you know he, he had a good week of golf it, it was it was uh tied for 11th not not necessarily what they may have been expecting xander and cantley playing together but uh i think it's gonna be hard for him to see any of that 40 million so that's my that's my stock down relative to maybe the people around him on the world golf ranking list yeah, so you guys know I'm a big Cantley guy. I've been picking him for a lot of tournaments. He's also my boy. Uh, he's been burning edges at the the players. He missed the cut. He was burning edges. Uh, didn't do that great. He missed the cut of the Masters as well. Mm-hmm. I'm right there, right? Yeah, I think he's yeah. underperforming. Um, so last week he came out with a different putter. So I think forever he's been using kind of the traditional. I'm not a big equipment guy, but if any of these companies want to send me a putter, I'll I'll look at it. But like an answer or like a scotty cameron type putter right like a yeah yeah typical putter and then a typical two, blade a typical <laughs> blade yeah that's uh, if so again send me it i'll take a closer look at it whatever you'll um, consider putting it in the bag Adam? <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see All i right. got i think i got grandpa's or dad's putter in there um you you got the, that old ping ping answer too the, i got the answer the yeah. metal one yeah. yeah i'd stolen dad's either ping for a while but now now i've got the scotty cameron so uh, they're all the exact same putter, essentially. <laughs> yeah, they are. So two weeks ago, he he comes up with this like that that two ball type putter, the kind of bigger mallet head. Uh, uses that one, and then again this week he changes the putter. Third week in a row, third different putter. So he has a different putter, uh, bigger head again. So something's wrong uh, over the ball on the putting green with Cantley right now. Uh, that changing putters, DJ seems to do that at weird times. I don't like to see Patrick Cantley do that. It doesn't scream confidence in your game. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That that's my tidbit. Yep. Okay, Kevin, moving up, moving down. Who you got? So moving up, I have Sam Burns. Um, he's somebody I think we might have mentioned as moving down a while back there after his Genesis. Um, yeah, he had, he had a few rough finishes after that. One. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he missed three cuts. He was a T thirty nine at the rbc heritage um you know him and horschel this week are t4 but 
Sam carried that team. So on on Thursday they went nine under and he made eight of the birdies. So <laughs> he was eight under and Horschel was one under. Well, you know. Yeah. Essentially, and then on um, Saturday he made four of the seven birdies as well. So he was playing very well, I guess is my point, and yeah. it's a it's a strong finish for him. And I'm just hoping he is, you know, kind of getting back to where he was when he because, you know, I think I certainly was thrilled that Homo won the Genesis, but that was a tough one for yeah. Burns. He he had gone yeah. wire to wire. He, up he to had that control point. of it at one. He point. looked like he was in total control, and it didn't. It wasn't like he he like, you know totally choked or anything he, no, he had a couple bad swings get it done and like, the way you yeah, want to get it done exactly yeah. it, it looked he looked untouchable through part of that fourth round even mm-hmm. um so it wasn't it didn't seem like a collapse um but it did seem to affect him and yeah. you hate you kind of hate to see that for a young guy so it's nice to see him have a good finish here um no world ranking points like you say um but still a strong finish hopefully it builds some confidence with him um so he's my stock up yeah, I think, I think that's a big thing. Just, just get that confidence into parlay that into a win, which I exactly. think we all we all see that on the horizon. It seems like it's close, and and yeah. even just strong finishes, you know, make make some cuts. You got to get yeah. you got through the he he got past his kind of missed cut streak that he was on there. I think he's on three in a row last week, and and so just you know keep having good finishes and build that confidence, and then the wins will come. I think. Yeah. Just yeah. ask Tony Fino. Um, <laughs> that, that was a cheap shot. Sorry, Tony. just like a drive-by. <laughs> um, my stock down this week. I am going to go with Woody Austin. I feel like Ooh. Woody Austin's best days are wow. behind him, and he's just no. Um, I'm. You know what? I decided. It, it I'm didn't really end. feel like there's anyone worthy of of stock downs. No, you know this is a team event. It's a. There's no iron team. Um, I, I wasn't going to brag on one guy, you know, obviously Wolf is having a tough go right now, but he's already, you know, he's already down for you don't want all to kick intents him. and purposes. You don't want to kick him. Um, I'm, I'm going to abstain, but if I was forced to name somebody, I was going to pick Woody Austin or Rocco Mediate. I feel like Woody could take it more. He's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's no, able to be critical of I think himself. he was carrying Rocco this week. I think <laughs> Well, okay, I guess I'm going to pile on someone. I, I got a stock down. I got some words to words unleash here. Okay, my stock up. I'm going back to the Canary Islands. I'm going Sam Horsfield. Uh, we have our Valspar Championship out. Go watch that on YouTube. But he is the most interesting man in the field for me this week. And I'm going to kind of tell... So he finished fourth this week on the European Tour. It's his fourth consecutive top 15 on the European Tour. So he is playing outrageous right now. He's making his first PGA Tour start at the Valspar since the 2019 Arnold Palmer. I wouldn't say he's playing like outrageous. I mean, it's not Top like he's won four straight, four straight no. events or something. Like it's, it's rageous. It's not outrageous. It's it's rageous. It's not Bezada now coming in with a couple wins and then playing well. It, it's really, really. It's Corey it's really rageous. In it, it's it's very rageous. We could say it's Corey Connors in Europe. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I like that one. I, I feel pretty proud of myself for that one. <laughs> um, so he, he's born in Manchester, but he moved to the U.S. as a kid. He went to the University of Florida. Valspar is just outside Tampa. So it's kind of interesting. He's coming back here. He has a sponsor's exemption. He's playing well. I don't know exactly if his plan is to stay here to, through to the PGA. or So, so exactly this, what this is, is like a tease. This is like a stock up because next week after he does well, you want to say that, like, I told you his stock I was bumping his tires. Absolutely. But no, his is a stock up. A fourth, a fourth place finish and four consecutive top 15s is stock up. Yeah. So so just, just because, I mean, his form was outrageous last summer when... In the so three weeks apart, but within like two or three weeks, he had wins. Um, so he is one of these guys that can get hot. And so coming over with some form to the tournament next week, uh, just keep an eye out for him. Yeah, keep an eye out for sure. Okay, my stock years down. old. Twenty-four years old. I'm going younger for my stock down. It's a pep talk. It's a little bit of the pep talk here. I'm going to actually Patia, and it's only because you know. I'm super high on him. I think we're all a little bit super high on him. We see Is this talent. just like a personal pep talk you want to give him? It's a just personal like... pep talk. Actually, let's let's talk for a little bit. Uh, you're turning professional and I get that, but we need to... Cl- 
the talent's there. We know it's there. We've got to clean up a little loose screws. So you're standing on the 17th tee on Friday. You're at six under with your partner, Scott Piercy. All you need to do is par out. You have the par three 17th and you have the par five 18th. Great. Like, okay, a harder hole, then we can make one up. If we, if we really need to, we've got the par five 18th. Um, it's alternate shot. Actually, he's on the tee on 17th and he hits it into the water as they're on the cut line. Results in a double, and they miss by two by also parring the 18th. It just, I don't exactly know the origin story. Well, to why. be fair, like, Cam Smith did that too uh, down the stretch of to win the tournament, but his his partner made the shot. <laughs> <laughs> his partner, ch- yeah, Scott, why didn't you chip in from there? Like, come on, man. Although, like although fair, we're talking um, about 17 and 16, different, different no, no, scenarios. The, You're on it. No, we're on 17. Wasn't it? Yeah, Leishman it, chipped in on chip 16. Chip in 16. Was it? Oh. Yeah. Um, I was half asleep. But you're on a tee box. You're on a tee. You know, no excuse. No excuse. It, it just for me, is like, act, like actually doesn't have his card. He has limited opportunities. You know, Monday qualifiers, sponsored exemptions. It just, like you can't let. He, he has these really good starts, and then like a miscut, and you can't let these miscut. Like you need to get to the weekend to get these points. Uh, and, and when you're so close with two holes to go, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a gimmicky format, but the, the tee shot on 17 was directly on your shoulders. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know if Scott told him to aim 13 yards to the left or something, but it, it it was his shot, right? (laughs) Um, aim 13 yards to the left and hit a cut. Yeah. Um, Anyways, it just it, it, it sucks to see because I'm really high on the guy. I think we're high on the guy. Uh, it's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, if I can't be uh, have you know r- wrong facts to support Akshay, then I will just state my support for him. I still believe um, I, I'm going to weather the storm. I'm still fully fully on the Akshay bandwagon. I mean, he's only 19, right? I think 19 or 20. I think he just turned 19. Yeah, he, he's super young. Um, uh, you know, 19 or 20. Um, just real quick, none of us have him as a stock up, but I just saw this on Twitter. Uh, congrats to Taylor Pendrith. He is tour bound. He passed, so he had a top 15 oh. at the Veritex Bank Championship, and it took him over 1,700 points, which means that for sure he will have a PGA Tour card. I mean, it was essentially a, it was a foregone conclusion almost at this point, but that's the official mark to cross that uh, he has his PGA Tour card for next year. So congrats, congratulations to, the to him. Yeah. yeah, big bomber from Canada on the man. We got to get a couple of Canadian teams in the yeah. Zurich next year. Yeah, come on, come on, guys, let's do it. Okay, so, guys, I think that uh, is that everything. Just a, another since we're talking about interesting facts here. <laughs> I also saw that it was. It's been 540 days since Rory McIlroy's last win. Quite a long time for all roars. What's with Kevin doing these drive-by like (laughs) insults? Like, now I need to get out of the defend Rory bandwagon. I wasn't even. I wasn't even prepared for this. It's Sunday night, and you just take a little dagger and stick it in Craig's ribs and turn it around a little bit. I'm not going to sleep tonight. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah, no, okay. um, we're, I think, I think we're going to start, we're going to start to tease the PGA championship. It's a good place for him. So, you know, maybe hopefully he's working on his game. He's going to come in there with some form. It's a course that obviously suits the eye. Okay. Next up, we have the Valspar championship. Rory is not in the field, but we have some good oh. guys there. Our preview is out on YouTube. So go check that out. Um, anything else to add here, guys, before we sign off? No, really, stay safe, no. everyone. Stay safe, everyone. Rate and review the podcast. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Go to Grand, at Grandstand Golf and follow all of us on Twitter there. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Take yep. care. We appreciate you guys. Take care.